Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You have an obnoxious relative. I think you know the one I'm talking about. And it doesn't matter who you become, how you change, what you accomplish. They will always see you the same way. And in seeing you that way, they will always be able to somehow make you that way. The thing about you that's never going to change is their ability to get to you. To get the better of you. They have terrible opinions, this obnoxious relative of yours. Those opinions, too, will never change. You will not be able to change them. And yet, you will argue about them. Every year, over the holidays. Every year, but this year. My friends, Christmas, as you know it, is cancelled. The holidays are on hiatus. The traditions that define this season can only be simulated, and pointless arguments are a holiday tradition. Well, I'm here to help. Earlier this month, I made myself available through a toll-free number to anyone who was looking for a fight. You're welcome. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Jacqueline Peters, Corin DeVries, Jagris Hodson, Peggy Stockdale, Lindsay Sanderson, Corey Addy, Anand Kanzode, and Liz. My name is Liz. I'm a pilot from Vancouver, and I support Canada Land because I believe independent news organizations are important to the health of the Canadian public discourse and because of the good work they've done on stories like the Thunder Bay podcast. This episode is brought to you by AG1. Listen, taking care of your health is not always easy, but it should at least be simple. That is why for months now, I start every day by drinking AG1. I take a scoop of this green powder, I mix it in a canister with water, shake it up, and I drink it. I get hydrated, and I get energized and focused and ready to take on the day knowing that I have vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. These are things that science tells us we need. They are also things that I don't necessarily get every day outside of my AG1. Listen, if there's one product that I'm going to recommend that will help you elevate your health, 
It's AG1, and that is why I have been partnered up with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try it now, and you'll get a free welcome kit that includes a shaker bottle, canister, a metal scoop, along with five free travel packs. You'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 along with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash CanadaLand. That is drinkag1.com slash CanadaLand. Check it out. Hello, caller. Hey, is it me? Hi, Jesse. Hi. What's your name and what can I fight with you about? <laughs> well, I don't want to fight with you at all. I just want to ask a few things. I want to say, you know, as a Jewish person, I, I do like this is a vital service you're providing. How so? Well, just it's like that's this is the sport of, of holidays is, you know, arguing with my grandfather about Israel. Hi, caller. What's your problem? Hi, Jesse. Uh, I'm just a sandwich enthusiast, and I would just like to argue with you that a pizza is a sandwich. Hi, what's your problem? I take issue about the way you talk about Quebec, Jesse. Caller, are you there? Hello. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. What's your name, and what, what do you want to argue about? My name's Simon. Um, I'm from Toronto. I was also born in Regina, though. But, Jesse, do you have a beef with Winnipeg? The way you pronounce Quebec is absolutely wrong. It's not Quebec, it's Quebec. Why do you keep using the Anglo way, the colonial way? You don't say uh, Bombay, you don't say Peking, you say Mumbai and Beijing, right? Why do you say Quebec? Because one is a different word and one is a different pronunciation. Okay, the concept of of an open sandwich is no less of a sandwich just because it happens to be open. And that's basically what a pizza is. It's like a yeasted bread that is baked and uh, contains like, you know, meat, produce, maybe like cheese, definitely sauce or like condiment of some kind. Like it's, it's just an open faced sandwich and you happen to slice it up and you, and you eat it with your hands. Sure. Why not? I mean, you know, it's a slippery slope that we never should have engaged with you people on the hot dog. Is it a sandwich or not? And now you're going to argue pizza like, uh, fuck it. A chicken wings, a sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's an Ikea drawer that I'm staring at right now. That's a sandwich, too. P- pizza's not a sandwich. It, 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 it's it's not a sandwich by any definition of a sandwich. Even like a, a panini is not like if anything's fried on the outside of it, it's not a sandwich uh, like hot sauce. Does hot sauce preclude it from being a sandwich? Hello. How you doing? Who are you? What are we going to fight about? Oh, boy. Uh, well, I saw a tweet about Queen's Gambit. Uh, sorry, my name is Matthew Vandeventer. And uh, yeah, just I'm not here to say it's perfect, but you know, just curious to hear why it's uh, not good or whatever, how you would put it in the tweet. I don't remember exactly what I tweeted, but I think... Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that. I, <laughs> this is Jesse Brown. Hi, caller. What are we going to argue about? Just a little curious about the whole we thing and uh, Trudeau's mom and why she had to be brought into your media coverage so much. Like, how, how, you, how, how can you defend putting um, her through so much of it when, uh, she literally had nothing to do with the organization or the government at the time. Okay, cool. Well, well, let's talk about that. So conflict of interest 101, um, Margaret Trudeau didn't do anything wrong that I'm aware of. 
but she's a, a character in this story, in a newsworthy story. She's the mother of the prime minister. And after her son is elected prime minister, she starts to get paid a lot of money. But this, this idea that it was unfair to Margaret Trudeau, who's a very public person, uh, for her to be, you know, I'm not even going to say implicated because I don't think she did anything wrong that I'm aware of. But uh, this idea that some some great wrong was done to her by our reporting and everyone's reporting on her role in this, I just don't see that. You still there? Sorry, Jesse. I think he hung up on you. <laughs> I guess you didn't persuade him. Uh, I'll send in the next person, okay? Thanks, Kasia. I won't. I won't hang up on you. Thank you. That was pretty Hello? good. What oh. did you think? I thought it was, it was like, good. I mean, I, I I don't disagree with anything you were saying. I mean, the I uh, I've worked at Wee Days before. It's uh, yeah. I don't want to get into it. It's when you mentioned Winnipeg that uh, really motivated me to call because Winnipeg is the greatest place in the world, and uh, Toronto is a shithole. I'll argue against Winnipeg. I don't know why people have a beef with Winnipeg. I don't know why people don't like the folks on the prairies. And I feel like we sort of, we need sort of more access to the Canadian media and sort of more maybe respect. I don't know. Well, I mean, ever since Kalekis closed, I mean, what is there to say about it? Uh, the genie's cake is wildly overrated, you know, and it's, it's a cake that people like, you can get kids pretty excited about that cake. Like a cake and a cookie combined sounds fantastic. It was hyped up to me all my life. My dad's from North end of Winnipeg. I, I grew up hearing about this cake. I go to Winnipeg and somebody is their birthday and I get a slice of this. It's not even a good cake. Toronto's a shithole. First of okay, all, not a first shithole. Of all, I've lived. <laughs> I don't want to start on the defensive here. I'll, I'll take you in the order that you came at me. You're not saying Winnipeg <laughs> is, is good or Winnipeg is underrated or Winnipeg has its charms that they're hard to detect. You just said that Winnipeg is the greatest place in the world. Yes. I, I think you're going to have to substantiate that. All right. We got affordable housing. We got winter so cold that no one comes here and people leave us alone. We've got a fantastic art scene, much better than any other city in Canada, specifically music scene. Uh, we've got people on the street who are uh, kind. Uh, and we don't, we don't go half-ass on anything. So, you know, our coronavirus response is fully terrible, not, you know, not just half terrible. Like in uh, Ontario. So what, what do you have left? I like the charming old vintage signs that it's frozen in time. It's ridiculously cold. Like it's, I mean, I know that's kind of the easy, the easy complaint, but it's, it's like trying to murder you. Winnipeg is a city that's trying to murder everyone within it. So what, what good can be said? The cold is something that, you know, allows us to weed out the weak, you know? Winnipeg, it weeds out the weak. Yeah, I think that would be a good slogan, don't you think? Well, caller, uh, caller, I appreciate your uh, your Darwinist eugenics argument for uh, Winnipeg as a as a natural selector of the strong. Uh, I think you mount a good defense. If for, for, from from this shithole, I say to you, Godspeed, uh, God bless, hug <laughs> Sameach, uh, and uh, and thank you for the call. Talk to me. We'll, uh, we'll go to a deli if you're ever in town. Uh, thanks, thanks for taking my call. I'll do that with you, too. Okay, take care. Right on. Okay, you ready? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me uh, your name and what we're going to argue about? 
Yeah, my name is Pia Chattopadhyay. I host uh, the Sunday Magazine on CBC Radio. And apparently, although this is the silliest argument I might ever get into, we are going to argue about if Billy Joel is great or, as you say, Jesse, not great. I think it would be a mistake for me to argue against Billy Joel on aesthetic grounds. I think that um, for me to say that it's like schmaltzy, sentimental, you know, children's music, I like a lot of corny stuff. Music is subjective. Who's right or wrong in these matters? You know, Pia? Children's music? I, I've just never heard anyone describe Billy Joel's music as children's music. I would be, I think, in error to pursue that line of argument. I, instead, um, <laughs> I'm going to argue uh, on ethical grounds against Billy Joel. Let's hear it. I mean, any song you want to look at, like, you know, who is she? She's just, she's a, the contempt for the uptown girl who's supposed to be the object of desire, but she's really just this, like, she's living in her white bread world with her high class toys, you know, but me, I'm the backstreet guy, you know, and I'm not so tough just because I'm in love. Uh, you know, she'll understand what kind of guy I've been and then I'll win. That's, it's a song about him. It's not a song about the Uptown Girl. Same with Piano Man. But let me just hold you up there. Okay. You are just starting with the easy pickings, right? Uptown Girl, yes, hugely popular. Not one of his best songs. And one that I often just hit skip on, to be honest with you. So I'm not taking the fight there. Well, I'm sure you'll consider this also uh, Fish in a Barrel, but, you know, Piano Man, like every character in that bar is just some loser who he sneers at. I mean, he's at a gay bar and he doesn't seem to like anyone there. John at the bar could have been a movie star. You know, Davey is still in the Navy and probably will be for life. But me, it's me they've been coming to see, right? Like the... These are songs of hate and contempt. Okay, for a guy who says, I don't like Billy Joel, you sure you sure know a lot of lyrics. So I think you might have listened to more Billy Joel than you're letting on. I have to say, Jesse, mm -hmm. so I grew up in Saskatoon, and my parents uh, are immigrants from India, and we had about three records growing up. And one of them was Billy Joel's Glass Houses. So I have a deep um, nostalgia for Billy Joel. So here's how I got back into Billy Joel during the pandemic. In July, when we were allowed to leave our home, I went up to my sister's cottage with a friend and she wasn't there. And one night as we were drinking wine or beer, I can't even remember, we laid outside and looked at the stars and listened to Billy Joel cranked up to 12. And it was absolutely delicious. So again, I think during the pandemic, we're all craving these bits of memory and nostalgia. And he's like, and I listened to it while I cooked dinner. I was like, put in Billy Joel's greatest hits. The kids like it. Well, well, well. I think you're, I think you're coming around to some points I've been making. Which is? Oh, the kids liked it, huh? I'm sure you can say Quebec. It's uh, absolutely uh, pronounceable for anglophones. Where, where does it end? Do I try to pronounce any place name? The way that you, the way that you would pronounce um, Quebecois surnames would be much more accurate than the way that I would do that. But yeah, but that's not what a, I'm asking here. I'm asking you to say Quebec because the anglophones who, who insist on saying Quebec do it out of spite. You get into trouble when you ascribe intentionality. But what about it makes it not a sandwich? 
I, I, I'm I'm counting the ways right now. I mean, I, I, I think that you, you found a loophole in the existence of open-faced sandwiches, which you're trying to wedge a slice of pizza through that loophole. But you're you're going to run up against some category errors. I, I think that... Um, I think that the way, I mean, you know, arguably, well, it's not fried, you know, pizza's baked, but the um, the consistency of the of the kind of greasy exterior of the pizza crust is not consistent with the bread of any sandwich. Like, I guess like a grilled panini can take on a pizza-like crust. You could grill sandwiches for sure, and like, the, and you have to like put some kind of oil down or something if you want to make sure that it doesn't get all fucked up, but like, it's, it's good. Also... You can just cook the dough and with like a little bit of salt and some rosemary or something, maybe some garlic, and you can cut it up and dip it in soup. It's like a perfectly, uh, perfectly edible pan bread that is just as valid as any other slice of bread. No, I think you've given me my angle here. That is why pizza is not a sandwich. There is no other sandwich where the bread is baked along with the fillings of that sandwich. That is the category. That's the definition of, of uh, the, you know, the, the definition of a sandwich does not include um, that which is uh, uh, dough is baked with the fillings. And, and, and you cannot point me to any other sandwich of which the same can be said, that we make that sandwich and we, and we bake the bread at the same time. And that's why it's not a sandwich. Sure, but I think that's kind of arbitrary because ultimately, like it, like it, it, it demands that the bread ends up being baked anyway, and it's not like you eat the pizza before it's baked. We wouldn't want this to be arbitrary. <laughs> so, yeah, we we uh, we know what a sandwich is. I mean, let's just level with each other here. We know what a sandwich is, and 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 a sandwich has bread on both sides, so you can hold it in your hand. And the fact that there is such a thing as an open-faced sandwich that nobody really eats anymore. Like, like it's not on any menu, the open-faced sandwich. If you go to a pub and you order a steak sandwich, chances are it's just going to be a steak on a piece, on a big piece of toast. It's going to be, it's an open sandwich. Listen, friend, I would sooner prohibit that from the category of sandwich than allow a slice of pizza in. Because nothing means anything anymore if pizza is a sandwich. No, it just means that the category of sandwiches is very inclusive. It's not anywhere near a slippery slope. God, you people are so dramatic. Can you tell me who you are and what we're going to argue about? Um, my name is Kareem Shaheen. I used to be a Middle East correspondent for The Guardian. Uh, lived in uh, Beirut and Istanbul. Uh, worked in the region. And um, uh, now I'm based in Canada, Montreal. And I believe we're going to argue about hummus. Hummus uh, has been under attack. Well, you see this a lot uh, online. There are many multiple variants of uh, the original hummus um, sold by food companies. Uh, you'll now uh, be uh, sad to say, uh, sad to see that on uh, Twitter and on various uh, websites, uh, health food websites and so forth, you'll find chocolate hummus, you'll find gingerbread hummus, uh, you'll find uh, pineapple and jalapeno hummus, um, you'll uh, find even marmite hummus, uh, and many such monstrosities. So I got to argue in favor of chocolate hummus. How could you? Can I think <laughs> out loud here before before we actually engage? Can I just open up my process to you? Uh, sure. This this is your moment of vulnerability. I, I I just feel like there there are some well trod hummus controversies, and I just want to avoid some of the the um, the pitfalls here. I think you know if you're if you're like you know launching a hummus authenticity campaign, I think historically that would lead us to a I don't know who invented hummus and did Israel steal the hummus. I, I don't feel like that's necessarily like 
when you're putting it up against chocolate hummus, that would take us off track, and I think it would be kind of, um, you know, that would be a pointless conflict. Uh, I, I just feel like I'm going to have trouble getting behind, like, a full-throated defense of chocolate hummus. <laughs> Because it sounds awful. But I'm going to, okay, here's how I'm going to defend chocolate hummus. Are you ready for this, Kareem? I'm, I'm ready. All right. Would you agree that um, uh, people from the Middle East, especially you know, racialized people, suffer from various prejudice, uh, racism? Sure. And yet, when we look at another group that was historically maligned, they were not considered to be Caucasian or white, they were othered. I, I speak now of the Italian people. Mm -hmm. It's almost impossible to think of them in a non-white category. Uh, and at the same time, we have the complete bastardization of pizza. We have sushi pizza, uh, dessert pizza. You can get a, a gummy treat for a kid that's a gummy pizza. Now, no one would say that this is authentic pizza or even good pizza. It's just pizza that ended racism. <laughs> So, you know, and, and, <laughs> adhere to your uh, your puritanical uh, hummus. You know, all it does is put up walls like, oh, the real hummus. Well, sh surely chocolate hummus, that's profane. That's not sacred hummus. But I'm sure you would also object to my store-bought hummus. I'm sure that none of us could have hummus as authentic as the, what you enjoy in your home. Well, I'm sure that the skins of each chickpea are removed and it's pureed beautifully and only the finest tahini. You know, but all you're doing is is putting up a dividing line between me and you. You're just making, you know, why don't you let me relate to you and your hummus and even uh, just destroy it with chocolate or Marmite because it will bring a, a greater level of, of harmony uh, to, to human beings. Let, let, let me ask you this. I mean, if you see your child reaching for the jalapeno pineapple pizza on the menu, uh, what do you do? Do you, do you intervene or do you let them go through with, with the mistake that they're about to make? I love pizza with pineapple and jalapeno. They're putting like honey on it. Like that's delicious. <laughs> well, okay. So, so here's, here's the thing with that. Uh, so there, the problem is that you have these two competing uh, tendencies, right? Uh, everybody nowadays wants, uh, wants to have something authentic. Um, at the same time, you know, what you see with things like chocolate hummus is like the opposite instinct of assimilation. Uh, you know, let's take something that has been a tradition somewhere for hundreds of years and then let's kind of, you know, adapt that to our own taste buds or our own food fads. Because make no mistake, I think the main reason chocolate hummus, I think, is popular is because the word hummus uh, makes it seem both exotic and healthy um, instead mm -hmm. of a disgusting, uh, you know, Nutella chickpea uh, mixture. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of starting a political party because I don't think, of, I don't think any cause has 95% approval rating. Uh, so I'm, 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 uh, I think I'm going to position myself as sort of the Nigel Farage of hummus, uh, which uh, <laughs> bad branding. I don't know. You were doing so only, well there. Well, you know, the Nigel Farage of hummus only less ridiculous. Um. <laughs> I, I noticed the 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 anglophones of uh, Western Canada don't do the Quebec thing. They say Quebec, they can't say it. And from what I understand, Albertans don't particularly like Quebec. But they, they can, they still get it right. 
because they're not trying to spite you the way that we we Anglos in Ontario are. I, I'm, 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 yeah. I, I, no, okay. You know what prohibits me from from trying to say it even right now is I'm afraid of embarrassing myself. Well, I can help you with that. It's Maureen, and I'm I'm calling from Calgary. Hi, Maureen. Hi. So uh, I was just out for an errand, and I heard your interview, your old interview with Christy Blatchford, and I thought you went so easy on her. She and she has passed away, unfortunately, but she was really something. I don't think I admired her, but she was certainly controversial and liked to really stir the pot. And I guess maybe that's what columnists do. Christy Blatchford, you are not alone in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people who heard that and and were like, "Why were you so nice to her?" You know, and and it wasn't like people necessarily like, "Ah, I wanted to hear." Like, there were people sending me like detailed stories about how her reporting harmed them. And it seems like here we do have a little bit of tension in our positions. I I I take seriously the idea that I'm I'm a host asking people to be my guest. So it's not about politeness. Even if it's a really contentious interview where I'm holding somebody accountable, I'm trying to get what they have to say about stuff out of them. And uh it's satisfying for a listener to then hear a host say, "Well, that's morally repugnant." Once they say the thing, but, you know, there's nowhere to go from that. And the person might just stand yeah. up and walk out of the studio. Yeah. I had a really rare opportunity with Christy Blatchford. I've never heard her have to account for what she's written about yeah. sexual assault uh, survivors. I've I've never heard her have to account for what she's written. I, 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 I hope that I got that out of her. Yeah. <laughs> I thought when she kept saying, yeah, so I was wrong. I felt like saying, well, you treat like I'll have a double-double. There's nothing to it to say I'm wrong. You know, I, I just found her way so flippant and irresponsible, you know, and yet she has this national, had this national platform, and I found her stories to be incredibly shallow and meaningless. I mean, I'm glad to hear you say that, like, you know, to to at least learn that because like otherwise you're just suspecting like does, does she care about what she writes? Yeah, good question. She 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 kind of was like I don't uh, you know she didn't even remember when I was you know bringing up things that she'd written. She was like oh did I say that did I write that? <laughs> and, and, yeah, your and, and, angst was was completely unnoticed by her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and there's a part of what she was saying that I relate to, which is like. We absolutely make mistakes. And the fact that she, you know, she she surprised me because I thought she was going to be like dogged and like, no, I was right. No, I was right. And instead she's like, yeah, so I got mm. that one wrong. I think that's like the first half of what we're supposed to do. I'm sorry is the next part. Uh, let me go correct that story. Let me not do that again. Right. Uh, that's that's supposed to be what happens then. But I, I, I hear the frustration. I don't know. I, I, I relive that interview a bunch and wonder if I, if I like, I kind of, you know what I mean though? Like, I just don't feel like it's right for me to be like, and therefore, you know, like I'm not the judge. That's not the, that's not the job. Mm. None of us are. Here's the problem with Queen's Gambit. I mean, I watched the whole thing. Okay. I, uh, so I think I said it's a little stupid and I'm going to stand yeah. by that. It starts off slow, but also sort of rising up chest. I enjoy the game. It, it's putting a light on something that, you know, people have passed over for many years. I just, uh, 
putting a spotlight back into a old traditional game is nice. Sure. And, uh, I, I think it reflects it well. By all means, I would love to argue about it. Oh, yeah. I would love to argue more about it with people at work, but not too many people have seen it. The idea that you take sedatives and then you're better at strategic thinking. Mm-hmm. That her superpower that opens up chess to her and allows her to run variations of moves, 15 ahead, no, let's take it back, is like, that's like saying that like crack cocaine is great for meditation. Okay, let's try it. So it's K. Yeah. And back, like the musician. K back. Yeah, you can do it. You did it. One more time. My, my next guest is joining us from Quebec. Yeah, that's right. That's how you say Quebec. But then what if I want to say Quebecois? Is it, am I saying that right? Yeah. Quebec. Quebecois. Quebecois. It's not Quebecois? Quebecois, and the feminine is Quebecois. But it's not Quebecois. Yeah, it's Quebecois. <sighs> I, I am Canada's most celebrated uh, newsletter impresario talking to my equivalent in the podcasting space. Hi, Mark. What's your problem? Hey, Jesse, I, I want to settle a score with you and maybe uh, pick up where we left off a couple years ago. You had me on Canada Land talking about podcasts. And when I, when I told you that I only listen to podcasts on double speed, you, you seem to take issue with this idea. That, that, in fact, everybody should be tuning in to listen to these shows in real time. I was coming from the perspective that I want to listen to so many podcasts that hearing them as they were recorded can't, can't contain all the stuff that I've got to listen to. Is there, is there a case you want to make for hearing these podcasts in real time? I mean, I think I already made it. I remember exactly what I said to you. Do, do you remember what I said to you? I, I, I've completely forgotten. I, I'm here working on this 1236 newsletter every day, and all this stuff is, is so far back in the past. What, what was your position? Why should I be listening to podcasts on single speed? It's not so much a position of what you should be doing. It was just disgust and judgment for what you are doing. Why are you bragging about this? Like, it's like saying, oh, I've eaten at every three-star Michelin restaurant in the world. And the way that I do that efficiently is I take all the food that they meticulously and beautiful, the, the artistry of the preparation and the beautiful plates and the tweezers and the reductions. And I, I just scrape the plate into a blender and I make myself a little smoothie. I turn it into a slurry and I, I, drink that and that's how i'm able to boast that i've eaten at all the great restaurants and there you go there I, you I, go I, like the like the like the downtown progressive elitist that you are we put a lot of work into these shows this is how you i want i don't know if people i have a discerning audience who i think by and large does not do that except for the people who do who i'm offending horribly this is what podcasts sound like to people like mark hold on this is a, a recent episode of return to thunder bay that we're very proud of uh, heard the way that Mark Weisblood here listens to podcasts. Damazi's tabloid coverage told his readers nothing about his own tragic struggles until those struggles were over forever. I'm Ryan McMahon, and this is Return to Thunder Bay. I'm Greg Giddens. I'm the managing editor of the Chronicle Journal. It's the daily newspaper of Northwestern Ontario. Yeah, I started there about 20 years ago. Who hurt you, Mark? Yeah, what's the problem? Why do you want to do that to yourself? 
I, I know you're you're building up Canada Land. You're you're working with great producers who spend a lot of time on their sound design. And I'm sure when you have your all hands staff Zoom meetings, you would never you would never want to admit to listening to their work in double speed. It's kind of like that you know, you, you want to make it sound like you 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 paid for that Panic at the Disco album that you didn't download it from LimeWire. Or you, you weren't looking around for torrents of 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 Wonder Woman, or you know you would you would never illegally download uh, any Jordan Peterson ebooks, right? You you want to sound ethical, but you're telling me that you've never resorted to double speed listening to get through all the podcasts that are out there. Not not even not even when it's one of those like twelve part true crime documentaries. It's only like twenty two minutes of material that they dragged in there to keep you keep you tuned. Uh, you've got seventeen different shows that are made every day to try and explain the news to you in the length of a commute. I'm not commuting anywhere. What, what, what do I have to What do I have to hear these shows in real time for? I, I mainline everything that, that I want to listen to. Look, when I was growing up, I couldn't get enough television channels to flip through. I wish that the radio guy would cover the entire world. I feel terrible. I have a wicked ability to try to curate this reality. Uh, you say you read everything uh, we send you. I have told you I'll subscribe to your show if you start pronouncing it the right way. I read your email. I remember it now. If you, you're trying to bridge the so-called two solitudes, but then you're saying Quebec, so I don't know. Are you? Yeah. No, you, you, you just won an argument, my friend. Mon frere, you just won an argument. From now on, Canada land, Quebec. Merci beaucoup. Thank you for the call. Happy holidays. Thank you. And thank you for all your work. You're very welcome. You take care. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we'll have to take that one. And, uh, yeah, your five minutes day. are up. All right. Fair thank enough. you for totally your call. Have a good day. I, I, Love I the really show. appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for the call. And uh, yeah, happy, happy holidays to you and yours. Thank you. Same to you. I think that's a wrap. Yeah. How do you think that went? How was it to argue with your... Your fans and not so much fans for two hours. I'm 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 like a little bit exhausted, but I, I also feel like in some other universe I could like um I think they used to have like dance competitions where it wasn't about how good you could dance, but how long you could dance. I kind of feel like this is my thing. I feel like I could go a lot longer if I had to. Well, Jesse, I certainly wouldn't argue with you about that. Oh God, Kasha. <laughs> Good job. Good job, Jesse. Thank you very much. That is your Canada Land. If you like this show, you can get it ad-free for five bucks a month by going to canadaland.com slash join or just clicking on the show notes. You can email me at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I'll read them all. We're on Twitter at CanadaLand. Our website is canadaland.com. We have a newsletter there. You should sign up for that. It's good. Kasia Mihailovic produced this show with the help of Rosalind Kufour and Damilola Oname. Engineering by Gabe Knox. Our managing editor is Andrea Schmidt. Our theme music is by So Called. Syndication is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. 